Now back to the Midday Grind with Martin and Marlo on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Welcome back, 12.33, Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, 590thefan.com. Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio on the board till 1 o'clock when the hard line takes over. Bob Ramsey already here at 590 The Fan in Kirkwood getting ready for his show. Tons of blues coverage there. We've been basically all blues. Frank asked because Mike Emmerich actually has a Ph.D., so that's why they call him Doc. And he asked if anyone else in media has a doctorate, and I do believe Bob Ramsey does. Does he really? Honorary. I Honorary. think that's correct. Yeah. So he gave a commencement address? I'm sure he did more than that. Well, no, Probably I'm just, just wondering. Probably he just, just left that. the room. We'll, we'll ask him yeah. when he comes back. Doc Emmerich, do we know what his degree is in? That's a good question, actually. Let me see if I can find uh, it. I saw this interview with Frankie did yesterday, and I'm trying to remember. It, I, I don't remember. I want to say it was English or something. I, it might have been something like that. That's a lot of schooling. PhD and he got his um, bachelor's in speech. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Uh, from Manchester University, his uh, master's in radio slash slash television from Miami University, and then a PhD, his doctorate in communications from Chuck. You'll like this Bowling Green State. Right there, that's very close to Toledo. My yeah. dad went to Bowling Green. My brother went to Bowling Green. The Falcons. Urban Meyer started his uh, head coaching career. He did at Didn't Bowling he Green. Beat Gary Pinkle. Didn't Bowling Green beat Mizzou one year in football? That sounds right. He was there a couple years. I'm not years. sure if Urban was the coach there or not. Yeah, I don't I think it was that... Urban, but okay. I think one of those Mac schools did get him early in his career. I think Pinkle was at Toledo from 90 to 2000-ish. Urban was at Bowling Green for a couple years before he went to uh, Utah. I'm sure everybody out there uh, wanting great blues coverage. People love this. Excited to hear me talk about Isaac Zumba and the Bowling Green State University Falcons. Get your text in. Give us your picks to click. Blues tonight, what are your keys to the game? We'll read them on the text line, 855-282-8255. But we do want to discuss a little Cardinals baseball. Such an odd game last night, losing the series opener to the Phillies. 4-3 after you get out to a 3-zip lead. Paul Goldschmidt kind of just reaches out and uh, launches his 11th home run of the season. And then a couple batters later, Marcelo Zuna with the oppo Bapo, his 15th. You got the three-zip lead. This is after a very long, almost an hour rain delay to start the game. And then as you're watching that game, at least twice as I'm watching, I'm thinking they should not be playing baseball at this point, right? And I'm not trying to blame this on on the outcome of the game. There was one pitch that Adam Wainwright threw a curveball behind, I believe it was Gene Segura. And there was a time where runners advanced there. And at one point, Pavetta gets a baseball, and he kind of looks at it and throws it aside. And, and just you can see on TV the rain is just pouring down, and they wanted to get five innings in. But uh, it was one of those games where the Cardinals didn't play poorly, and we saw that, and I'm just talking about overall. We saw that a lot with this Brave series. It's not like they're playing terrible baseball. And Mike Schild has said this, and I agree with them. They just aren't winning the games. It's not like it's been a comedy of errors. Last night was a really weird outing for Adam Wainwright. How often do you have the type of stuff where you can strike out 10 batters, but you also give up eight hits and you lose that game? You go six, 
You give up four runs. You had the double to Bryce Harper. I want to know how Brian Hoffman feels about that. Great. Because I want him to get a big help the Cardinals every time they play him. It's punishment for not signing him. Him and Machado. And then Cesar Hernandez hits the uh, the home run, which ended up being the uh, the game winner. Gentlemen, your your thoughts on what has been just uh, an awful month. The Cardinals did win the first game of May against the Nationals, and then six then since then they are six and seventeen in the month of May. It almost and I know you said, and I feel like that's your optimistic um, interpretation is. Hey, it's not like they're playing bad. They're just losing. To me, that's worse. It's easier to to look at it, and if there were a lot of errors and base running blunders, hey, clean that up, then maybe the wins will come. What's to be cleaned up other than you're just hoping, really, really, really hoping that people who aren't hitting start hitting, and then people who aren't pitching well start pitching well. There's just, you know, Mike Matheny was accused of managing on hope. You're betting on hope right now, and that's a that's a dark place to be. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if they're betting on hope though. I just feel like the Cardinals are not as bad as what we've seen over the last month. And what I'm what I'm trying to say is if you look at the last three games or so, now they obviously have the big comeback against the Braves. Jed Jerko hits the home run and they win on Saturday night. Flaherty gives you a very winnable start and you have some good appearances from your bullpen, and then Hicks just blows it up on Sunday night. Yesterday was Wayno great no was he okay he gave you a chance to win and and i guess that's the issue too though is that that's all that the starters are doing for you they're just giving you a chance to win they're not they're not even close to being a strength and i'm just looking up the numbers of of national league pitchers that qualify right now and today as of today there are 47 starters that are still starters so michael waka is not included in this the best, and I'm just looking at ERA. The best ERA is Hinjin Ryu, 1.65. The worst is Kyle Freeland at 6.71. He's he's 47th among NL qualifying pitchers. So Michael Walk would be at the end there too. I mean, before he left the rotation, he had a 5.59 ERA. But among qualifiers of the 47, for the Cardinals, you have Flaherty with a 3.77 ERA. You have Hudson with a 4.22. You have Miles Michaelis with a 4.76, and you have Adam Wayne right now with a 4.94. So you're talking 27th, 34th, 42nd, and 45th among National League qualifiers. In just terms of ERA, when you look at that, that is that is average to below average. And right now, overall, Cardinals, as, as a starting pitching staff in the National League, out of 15 National League teams, they are 12th with a 4.58 ERA. And and that's the issue is you can have a great bullpen. And look, Andrew Miller has struggled. Jordan Hicks had a bad game. I think overall I'm fine with Jordan Hicks. John Gant has been a savior. He basically strikes out every single batter he faces. Uh, John Brebia has been good. I think Carlos Martinez will be good in the bullpen. He has been in his, in his outing so far. You're losing the games before that. Your starting staff is not giving you a chance to win game in and game out. When you look at the fact that your starting staff has a has a four and a half ERA, that is not going to get it done. You've already dropped Michael Waka from the rotation. And we'll see what happens with Henesis Cabrera. I don't think he's the long term answer. I think that just kind of worked out with, with the way the turn of the rotation came. <laughs> Somebody like Ponce makes more sense. We'll see down the road if a if a Gomber gets healthy. I don't know with Alex Reyes. You'd have to build up Carlos Martinez. I'm still all for John Gant throwing more 
important innings. But look, I mean, Adam Wainwright struck out 10 guys. His ERA is approaching five. At what point do you say you have to make a change there? And I know they just made a change with Michael Waka, but as you fall further and further back, and, and the Cardinals are actually lucky that nobody in the Central right now is running away with things. And the Cubs have stagnated a bit with a tough schedule and, and playing the Astros here that they just did. But that's a really bad rotation. That is a really bad rotation numbers-wise. I don't like the rotation, but as we're sitting here, you realize it's been four straight games. The Cardinal starters going six, and they've only won one game. That's a bad thing. I, your, your starters are not good enough, but also tells me your lineup's not worth a darn either. I mean, it, 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 we're, we're piling on here, but there is so much wrong with what's not right. I mean, there, there really is. I mean, there's so many things. We talked to, in, in the first hour tonight, or this morning at 10 about how Fowler was the right move to go to leadoff, but he hasn't done a thing. He hasn't gotten on base once since he's been in the leadoff spot. Now what do you do? do you you got to move him. Do you move him tonight? You go, oh, we're going to give you one more, and he gives you another 0-4. Can you go go with that? Uh, you got a kid going tonight. The reality is you, you'd be lucky to get five out of him. Uh, where Where do you go? Uh, I I like with what Hoffman said that we're going on hope here, and they're not awful, but you got to find a way to win a couple of these. He made all the right moves on Sunday night, and they found a way to lose it. I I don't know. Can't have a uh, players only meeting every week. We already had one of those on Tuesday. It, it's almost got to come from the front office now to to do something to shake it to get everybody out of the funk because there's a funk right now that doesn't seem to be fixable. Your top third and on base, your bottom third and slugging. That's not the offense you put together. To nope. That's not even a recipe for success in any regards where you're getting guys on and you're not capable of driving them in. Charlie, you started with May 2nd, 6-17 and 17 since then. They scored 100 runs in that span. 61 of those runs were scored in their six wins. I, mm. I, I thought they're punchless. Yes, yeah. they are punchless right now. And now it's reached a point over the last couple of games where you have no faith in them extending leads, and then because of that, you have no faith in them coming back. I know they did that on Saturday, and that was fun against the Braves, but be honest, middle innings when they were up 3-2, to two, did you expect them to score more runs to, to pull out? And then when they fell behind 4-3, did you expect them to come back? No. That's, that's the offense right now, and that needs to be fixed. And I do think if you talk about betting on hope, I think I think you can bet on, for the most part, the back of these guys' baseball cards. And that's where I, I don't think this is going to continue offensively. I do think when you look at the starting staff, like, let's be real. Adam Wainwright's 37 years old. He's probably going to be around a quality start-ish every outing. And and that's not elite. And and if you if you have numbers like that, you're basically going to lose about half of those games. But in, in terms of the offense... There's a lot of, as Clark Kellogg likes to call it, spurtability. You have all these guys who for stretches were really good. I mean, Colton Wong was awesome for the first couple weeks of the season. Paul DeYoung was really good for the first, basically, what, month and a half, couple months. He's now coming back to earth a little bit. Marcelo Zuna, during that Milwaukee series, was unbelievable. And he's been, he's been pretty good overall. But Paul Goldschmidt, he's got the 11 homers, hit the home run. Last night, but there hasn't been that consistency, and I think it's still fair. Do you, do you feel at this point 
Do you still think Matt Carpenter is going to come out of his funk? Because I don't think he's going to be this bad all season long. And I don't think that's betting on hope. I do think that these numbers will get back to the mean for the most part offensively at some point. It's just right now, everything's going wrong because the offense has sputtered over the last month and the starting pitching has been so bad that you're not allowed to use your bullpen, which which is a strength, you would think. And again, I know Andrew Miller hasn't been good, but when you have Carlos out there and Gant and Brebia and Hicks, if you give your team a lead after five or six, you should be able to win a lot of those games. And the problem is the Cardinals are almost never playing with a lead when they get to the bullpen. I think you can expect progression to the mean with the offense. You mentioned Carpenter. He'll, I think he'll be better. Goldschmidt right now, his, his 2019 season is almost mirroring the start to his 2018 season. And then he, June through the end of the year, was the dynamic hitter that you expect Paul Goldschmidt to, to be. My concern is I'm not sure you can expect progression to the mean with the starting rotation because for some guys, Michaelis and Flaherty especially, you know, we don't know who they are completely. Flaherty, you know, pro- development isn't linear. So there could be down years for him as he tries to become the pitcher who we all expect him to be at some point in his career. We all liked Michaelis last year, but the Michaelis last year was the exception to what Michaelis had been up until that season. So we'd like to think he'll be the pitch to contact, light contact, not walk guys, not allow many home run home run uh, you know allowed pitcher that he had been last year. But right now, his ERA and his fielding independent pitching, pretty similar, which means he's exactly where he needs to be. And we don't know if that is an exception or a rule. And if it's a rule, that's a big problem. Yeah, and Michaelis last year, if you're talking FIP, you know, his FIP was 3.28. His ERA was 2.83, relatively close. But I do think that speaks to, again, if you're talking baseball card stats, I don't think anybody on planet Earth ever thought Miles Michaelis. I mean, there's some of the best pitchers in the history of baseball that have never put up an 18-4 and record. You know what I'm saying? That's incredible with a 2.83 ERA. And as a guy who's not a big strikeout guy, it was going to be very hard to replicate that. I don't think we thought he was going to be as poor as he's been this year. I do think in terms of Michaelis, though, just the sheer amount of home runs he's allowed, I don't think that will continue. Because for a while there, he was trending towards allowing two home runs every single game. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be a Cy Young Award winner. I don't think it'll be that bad. But but right now, I mean, Waka's already out of the rotation. Wayno's going to be a tough call because, look, man, Tony LaRusso always said, what's what's the hardest thing to do? Deal with, a, with an aging superstar or an aging kind of, you know, he's a Cardinals legend, Adam Wainwright is. But again, his contract was written so that he's compensated as a starter or out of the bullpen. And if the Cardinals keep falling falling back, look, 10 strikeouts is great. But most of these outings for the Cardinals, they're right around quality starts. And that's the thing. Jim, you mentioned that. Look, a quality start is great. But that was a stat created by agents to get their players more money. You know what I'm saying? It's still not oh, yeah. that great of an outing. If you're talking about six innings and three earned runs, you certainly give your team a chance to win, but if your offense isn't there and you're not giving the ball and handing the ball to the bullpen with a lead, you're going to lose most of those games if it's just a quote-unquote quality-type start, and that's basically the Cardinals' entire starting rotation in 2019. 
the reason I threw the six innings out because I was sitting here looking at it because early in the month you couldn't get a guy to go five. Now you've gone through four straight games where you got a guy to go six. You're going okay, maybe, maybe you can't hit a lick. Uh, you mentioned Carpenter. Uh, here's one thing I would keep in mind with him. He's 33. He is getting up there. He's not the same Carpenter at the age of 28. I think sometimes we may not realize that because we still think, hey, we're still getting the the guy who was 28, 29. He's only got eight doubles right now. He's a doubles machine when he's going well. Eight doubles is not enough for a guy who's been uh, a doubles machine. His OBP right now is 330. You would expect him, he can get that up to 370, 380, which is where he's kind of been the last three or four years 20 36 home runs i really you can't expect him to go on that similar terry went on a year ago i don't know what his numbers will be like in the end i just think there's going to be some regression that some people aren't taking into account that age is creeping up with a guy like that and i think clearly the the honeymoon stage is over for mike schilt in a lot of cases a lot of these players aren't performing either but that's where you, you make moves, you try to tweak the lineup, you try to make changes, and the Cardinals have done that with the bullpen. Leon and Gregerson, out of here. Starting rotation, Waka, out of here. And I think more changes will come as guys get healthy. And they make the move that I think made sense to everyone. But it's funny because as Dexter Fowler was thriving, batting, what, sixth or seventh, and Matt Carpenter was really struggling in the leadoff spot where he's been the best for his whole career, as we were talking about that move, what did we all focus on? We all focused on getting Carpenter going. And the move made sense, but now it's... I don't want to say... It's a spot. It's got to no, no, be the no. spot in the order. Right. And I'm not saying this is the cause, but it's like the so second un... that Fowler moved, he's now not good anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody talked about that. The, the move was, okay, if Carpenter goes to fifth, maybe you can just shake things up, get him out of there. He had a career-high 36 homers last year. Maybe he's just more of a middle-order guy now who hits some homers and doubles, doesn't have high of an on-base as he gets older. But I think we kind of assumed Fowler would just keep that OBP role going, which was about 409 over the weekend. And now since that move has been made, Dexter Fowler strikes out every other at-bat. So it's hard to, to check Mike Schild on that one, though, because it made sense to everyone. That was the right move. It just failed. And getting back to the rotation, too, Hoffman with Dakota Hudson, if, if you're comparing... I mean, Dakota Hudson is is trending well. He's he's pitching much better. He has a 4.22 ERA. His FIP is 5.29. And I know you had talked about some hard hit percentages where he was giving up tons of of hard contact. He also has a ton of of unearned runs. He had the one start where I believe he gave up eight runs, but only two of them were earned. That that's still pitches you're making that are getting hit hard. It's just not reflective in your ERA, but. It's one of those things as we have this discussion here now for 15 minutes, you wonder how they're going to get Looking out of it. at this. the time? No, it's just... <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, I'm trying, and we're all sitting here <laughs> workshopping how they get out of this, and I think it's just that your baseball players that are paid very well and have a track record, they just have to get back to that level of production. I do think that will happen. There will be some... Uh... Some comeback on the offensive side. I'm, I'm not sure where the pitching's going right now. Yeah, that's, I just, that's, that's a big question for him. That's yeah. why I think I mentioned last show, I think you have to go outside the organization to supplement your rotation in a big way. But they won't. No, but they should. But I'm just saying, no, no, I agree with you. 
I just think you have to look at the way these guys do business. And I, I think you need more than a Tyson Ross, yes. right? Which oh, is what yeah. you did last year. Tyson yeah. Ross was a nice innings eater, even though he wasn't a starter because he was paid $200,000 per start. But you need more of an elite starter. You need a guy who's going to go to the front of your rotation. Because right now, okay, you're, you're okay with Flaherty. Everybody else is just a guy right now until those numbers improve. It does seem like 2019, this is the year where you need a mad bum or you need, I know Hoffman, you always talk about a Stroman or a Trevor Bauer. You need somebody of that ilk. It can't just be a guy who eats innings for you because you need more than that. You mentioned not the way they do business. I think this year you need to go beyond how you do business because right now the way you've done business the last three years has led to three postseason-less seasons and finishing an average of 11 games back of the division. That's not – the way you're doing business isn't working from a, from an on-field standpoint. 100%. So that's you, – you need to change up your formula if this trend continues because you're bordering on last place now. So obviously whatever – however you want to you know, pimp the Cardinal way, Cardinal way is losing. And it worked for a long time. But, yeah, yes, you have not to change now. the way that you've done business, whether it's free agency – whether it's trades, whether it's 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 changing up your personnel, because look, the best thing that's happened to the Cardinals this last month is the Blues run. Yep. But if you think mm-hmm. about it, and I know, and look, yep. I do believe St. Louis is the best baseball town in America. But you got to look at it like this: if you don't if you don't make the postseason for four years, you are an afterthought. You have become. I'm talking from a national perspective. You are not talked about when you see all these pundits talking about. Who are the best teams in power rankings? The Cardinals aren't mentioned anymore in the top 10, right? Yep. I mean, if you don't make the playoffs in four years, you have become an afterthought nationally. And that, that's a sad thing from, a, from an organization with such history that's been so good for so long. On that note, mm-hmm. Brian Hoffman, it's Chuck. time for the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I I don't want to do this. I guess it's more of a plea than anything else. I've been thinking the sporting calendar is, it could be improved. And I'll bring up my idea. So you have January, you have the, the end of the college football season, the usually at least the championship game is in, early January, you have the NFL playoffs. Super Bowl takes into early February. Then you have a, a short gap. You have conference tournaments. You have March Madness. Then once that wraps up, Final Four, title game, our basketball title game early April, that segues nicely into the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, which takes you to June. And then Opening day as well? Well, I'm talking like, you know games that people really get okay. for. And then nothing, right? Nothing till, depending on what you root for, October, maybe, if you're not a big football fan. I'm proposing, and they can fight it out, hockey and basketball, one of those two sports, needs to push its start of the season back two months. And then that way, July and August has postseason in it. Hmm. It's actually not a bad idea. That's what I'm proposing. May I propose this? Winter Classic seems like a good opening night. I was going to think Christmas. Christmas Day seems like a good opening day. For the NBA, that too. I mean, that would work. T- typically, that's what they start promoting right away. Or, that's true. Or yeah. that's December twenty fifth games, right? Yep. Yeah. That's when ABC usually starts their yeah. their broadcast schedule. One of those two sports, you can fight it out. Yeah, they, I mean, they, like you said, but they both have big marquee events right, right. there in late December, early right. January. Why not start the season that, there? Instead? That's just my thinking. I would like, I like to it. see the NBA do it. I, I I don't think it would work for hockey because once you start getting into the warmer months, those 
those buildings cannot keep ice. Yeah, it's mm. probably true. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but that's not my problem. I like that, that idea, true. though. Not your problem. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> not my money, not my problem. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the NBA push back a little bit more. All right, give me a prediction tonight. Blues, Bruins, score. Oh, let's see. We had 4-2 in game one. A lot of goals, uh, especially from the Dallas series on. The Blues have played some high-scoring games. So how about 4-3 Blues? 4-3 Blues. 3-2 Blues, Ryan O'Reilly, goal and assist. All right, that's the end of the day. What about you? Uh, Make I'll a pick. say 3-2 Blues. Rocky I wouldn't be surprised if we see overtime tonight. Uh, Rocky Oh, this one's going to be terrifyingly high-scoring. Blues, oh. blues, six, get, five. blues get an empty netter to push it to a 5-3 win. Wow. Five, I'll take three. that. Okay. I'll take any of those scenarios. You ever notice that in your home market, everybody always Shh. takes the home team? Whoa. Shush. Yeah. Shush. Yeah. Shush. Shush. Chuck, what the hell are you I'm just doing? saying. All, all postseason long, I don't, think I've, Look, ever, I don't not, think I've ever picked the Blues not to win a Chuck, game. Chuck, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, you know, wouldn't be bad. I know Martin said two weeks seems like a long time, but <laughs> two weeks seems like a short time when the baseball team is – is six in their last 23. <laughs> so let's get those two weeks. Like, Let, yeah. Let's maximize those two weeks. That's true. Paul's like, I'm not trying to put a spin on these stats let's, anymore. <laughs> let's help out a little bit. Cool stats. By the way, that's a new segment on the show. Is going to be cool, cool, stats. cool stats. Brought to you by Vladimir Tarasenko. Any more sponsors? Yeah, to to? I do want to mention, hey, do you know uh, when Memorial Day sales ended for, let's just say, the vast majority of stores? When? Probably on Memorial Day? Yeah, not for the appliance discounters because it extends until Saturday. Huge cash rebates up to $1,800 and free appliance installation on select kitchen packages. 12-month interest-free financing. And remember, the Art of Appliances by Appliance Discounters. New showroom location opening Monday, June 3rd at 10 a.m. Located at 3232 Laclede Station Road in the Deer Creek Shopping Center. Wait until you see the showroom. Finally, Let's Go Blues. Also want to mention again, Fast Eddie's opening up. Head on down there to Alton, Illinois. What a great place to watch the Blues game tonight. How about head on over to Fast Eddie's. That's a good place to hang out for about four or five hours, watch some hockey, get some beer, get some, get some good food. Fast Eddie's down in Alton, Illinois. And I want to mention one more time, in 11 hours with the Schnooks app, you can enter for a chance to win game four tickets will be a little banner that appears just click on that fill out the information be a chance to win two tickets to game four the contest ends on saturday 